0: and Womb Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is the NFL Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nate. Michael is back from his long journey to the, the motherland
1: for a Thursday night football.
0: How was it? Well, we know how oh. we
1: out- but how was the event, I guess? Well, the outcome was not great, but you know what? It was fun to be there. It was a different FedEx field. It's probably going to go back to the old FedEx field because we suck. But <laughs> at least I got to see the different environment. It was nice. That is very, very nice. Very
0: true. I uh, I was left to my own demise and just started firing off some just real silly <laughs> wagers uh, that we're going to talk about later here. One more so than another in, in the Cowboys. Uh, mm, I, I yeah. still hold true that... Had Anthony Richardson played, maybe the Titans would have hauled on because they they clearly did not, you know, prepare for Gardner Minshew show. Right. Yep. They prepared more for the guy who could throw the ball a country mile, is a giant freak in nature. Um, and then the Houston Texans, just a, a tough push. But either way, we've got some games. And we once again start with a London affair. Ravens, Titans, line is at four, over under 41. Um, and a half, they did add the little, little, uh, hook there. Ravens are getting fully healthy on the offensive line for the first time since week one. This is a London game. They went over early in the week. Titans are electing to go over later in the week. We'll see how that plays out. The Ravens apparently hired a team of specialists in the offseason to help with this transition. They might want to do so towards end-of-game situations because I do not know what we watch. The Pittsburgh Steelers, when it comes to playing the Ravens, are like goddamn cockroaches. You cannot kill these fools, all right? I don't know how they hung around in this game, but I think the bigger problem I have with the Baltimore Ravens is you're on the goal line. And sure, Lamar does not throw a good ball. But why at this point in OBJ's career are we drawing up Jump balls on the goal wide to this man. What is going on in
1: Baltimore? Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking over there. Um, I don't know what Lamar's doing throwing that ball the way he threw it. I mean, they were just drop city for them. I mean, I mean, just drops left and right and left and right. and you know, so I gave Lamar a little bit of a pass, but when you throw a pick like that at the end of the game, I mean it, it's hard for me to give you know, like a total pass. and it's hard to trust this team right now. Um, I, and I can never trust the Titans because they're also like a Jekyll and Hyde team. I, I, it's it, this is a tough one. I lean Ravens a little bit, but going back quickly to the Steelers because they are on a buy. But I do want to mention, I swear, every year on this podcast, we're just begging, begging the Steelers to lose games because they're so boring. I'm like, this team can't make the playoffs, and they're three and two. And I'm like, how is this team three and two? I'm just blown away. Um, yeah, so that, that's just you know going a little bit of a tangent there. I goddamn the not- cockroaches. That's all they are. Yeah, they are. I do not want to see. I know we're still pretty early in the season here, but I do not want to see that team in the playoffs. I just want good teams. That's all I want. Thinking Um, about that offense, making it far, makes me want to
0: vomit in my sleep. Not even my dreams can make up for the horror show that is the Pittsburgh Steelers offense late into this season. Outside of that it's awesome just, play at the end with Pickens. I'll give him that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll give him that, but yeah, I mean, Matt Canada's just like sitting there like angry because I think they they maybe he audibled out of his play. I don't know, but that place <laughs> yeah. is a, that place is a disaster. Baltimore, they're kind of a disaster themselves. And then you got Tennessee, I mean, ugh, I, it's just this is a, this is a game that we will watch because it's on. It's in London, so we will watch it, but it's it's not a fun one. I'd go Ravens, but not with any kind of confidence. I I'm not picking a side, but I do have a prop bet for this game
0: that I am somewhat liking. So Ravens last week, 38 passing attempts with well, that. This will be the first time they have a fully healthy offensive line. So I expect them to pass the ball a decent amount. The Colts are uh, fourth highest in most yards gained per pass attempt. QBs are averaging the fourth highest QB rating when they play the Titans. Their sacks percentage is 20th. There are going to be opportunities through the air. So I love Zay Flowers over his receiving yards in this one. I think he's about to have a monster day. Um, The Titans are so funny when I was looking into them. They are the most balanced team right now ever, and not necessarily in a great way, like very mediocre, but they net yards passing attempt uh, 5.8 rushing yards per attempt. 4.2. They are literally 15th in passing and 15th in running expected points contributed from the pass and run. The exact same pretty much across the board. I don't even know how you do that. Um, There's like no difference really in their game. Um, It's incredible. But yeah, I don't I think I'd lean Ravens just because I think health is there certainly a factor. I like that they got there on Monday as opposed to the Titans doing I what the job. Bills did, which is yeah. like a lot arriving at the last minute for this game. I do not think that's a good strategy unless it's like literally week one of the NFL. Cause you're a little banged up. I don't, I don't like that. So I do give the edge, but I think Zay flowers big time game. I like him over his receiving yards. Let's talk about what was probably going to be the most fun matchup of the weekend, potentially um but now is looking like an absolute just disaster and that is the 49ers browns line is at eight and a half over under 37 and a half this line has been taking off if you bet the number early in the week for the browns you're sitting pretty with some closing line value but deshaun watson is most likely not going to play and i've got to say this is like the most perfect epitome of my money is fully guaranteed i'll play when i want to play because apparently he was medically cleared last week meanwhile you got Njoku who burned his face off and is the toughest motherfucker alive out there yeah. playing. I don't know what to make of this team, but how do you break down this game? Because this could be a, a house of horrors for the Browns if they're not careful.
1: I mean, yeah, it, it could get really ugly. Um, I don't understand Deshaun Sean Watson. I, I don't get it. Like if you're cleared to play, you're making all that money. You should probably be out there playing. It's not like it's a head injury where you're, you know, concerned about, you know, your, your future. Um, Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's ugly to see. And this is going to probably be an ugly game because the 49ers are so good. They are just, I mean, they are a machine. Clearly, you know, in my opinion, in the NFL power rankings, it goes like one, and then you need to skip like four columns and then put (laughs) everyone else because the Niners are just, they are legit. Um, I obviously like them to cover here. I think it's going to be a nightmare for basically everyone on Cleveland. Cleveland does have a good defense. We'll give him credit for that. Um, but still, I mean, the Niners just have so many weapons on offense and Brock Purdy just won't turn the ball over. Um, I mean, we're getting to a point here. Obviously he plays in Kyle Shanahan's system. That means a lot, but like we keep waiting for Purdy to maybe like start looking like how we would expect him to look and he's just not doing it. So He's obviously, he's a good quarterback. Um, So I would go with the Niners here. The total is so low that I almost want to take the over just because I think the Niners could score 35 points. Um, But I'm probably going to stay away from that total, but I feel pretty good about the Niners minus eight and a half. Yeah, this is going to be a huge game for the Browns
0: defense. A big measuring stick. <laughs> The 49ers, oof, man. I'm glad you mentioned the Brock Purdy conversation because I feel like we have lost the ability to realize two things can be true at the same time. You can have a really good coach scheming things up while also having a really good quarterback. You cannot name me five quarterbacks that are elite in this league that also don't have elite play calling coaches, pretty much. Like, there are a handful out there, like the Aaron Rodgers of the world, like throughout history, handful of them. But the yeah. majority of them always have a good cor- or a good coach. So, what are they doing to elevate that offense? Well, Brock Purdy right now, fourth most passing yards when scrambling. He's an elite passer when even when you bring pressure at him. Why? Because he's got great footwork. He throws from a good base. He has fantastic in- anticipation skills. He knows where to go with the ball and to be there on time. And that is a skill set in and of itself. Like if Kyle Shanahan's offense was so easy to run. Trey Lance would be the starting quarterback right now and not the yeah. backup down in Dallas. So I feel like we can give some credit to Brock while also saying that like it is a quarterback friendly offense, but Brock is also playing at an elite level or a very high level. Um, yeah. It's like the idea of like, nobody was sitting here being like, Oh, Patrick Mahomes is not good because Andy Reid is scheming things up early in Patrick Mahomes career. We were like, no, Patrick Holmes is really good. And Andy Reid's really fucking good. Now, obviously Brock Purdy is not Patrick Mahomes, but like, Two things can be true at once, essentially. Um, Yeah, yeah, this will be interesting. You got to attack him through the air. I have not done anything with this game. I mean, at eight and a half, it's definitely going to be in some teaser legs. Um, We'll see if this number continues to go north, though, because I don't believe the word at this point since recording right now. Deshaun Watson is not officially out, but virtually everybody is saying that he's going to be out. Um, So this will be probably in a bunch of people's teaser legs commanders falcons the falcons are right now one of the worst teams against the spread they are one in four to start the season they are currently favored at two and a half over under 42 and a half this is your team in the commanders do they continue the trend in beating the falcons against the spread and potentially winning or is this a game that you might want to think about back in the falcons
1: I mean it's it's possible we can win. This team is hard for the past, you know, seven to eight years. Like we'll lose a terrible game and then we'll come back the next week and we'll look great. Um, I don't still just Basically what's going on in Washington right now. I I don't love us here. The coaching staff is just a mess. Ron Rivera is such a joke. My God, he is literally such a joke. And I thought he was a joke since 2020 when we first got him. I've just, I've just nailed that assessment. Um, But at the same time, you know, not just completely bashing the coaching staff. There's six first rounders on the defense. You know the players got to be a little responsible too. Maybe we're not being schemed up correctly, but when you're, you know, you got six first round talents, and you have a safety who's drafted in the seventh round, who's one of the best safeties in the NFL, and Cam Curl, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it, it's very bizarre. Um, Desmond Ritter's coming off probably the best game of his life that he's had oh, yeah. in the NFL, three for three hundred yards. So I mean, they're circling us like oh, this is going to be a joke. Um, <laughs> so I like the over here. I can't really decide on the spread. I lean Falcons. One thing I do like: Bijan Robinson doesn't have a rushing touchdown yet. We love giving up streaks, so bet for Bijan to get a get a get a rushing touchdown. I like that. I don't know what to make of this Falcons team because
0: you know, through the first couple weeks, it was pretty obvious if you can stop the run, the Falcons are losing, and they're not covering because Desmond Ritter stinks. Last yeah. week, really good, but even in the midst of that game, it didn't feel like. Arthur Smith really changed much to take advantage of him playing a really good game. Like there were times where I thought they were relatively conservative for a guy like you got to have a little, I don't know, feel for the game flow a little bit here. And it, it felt like Arthur Smith still didn't fully trust him. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, after taking in the tape, going through that game, whether or not they open it up a little bit more here for him. So I'll be interested on that. I don't have a side on this. I'm not particularly interested in betting this. I am waiting to see what Arthur Smith's comfortability level is with Desmond Ritter moving forward Um, after having a big game. Do they try to build off that? Do they keep everything the exact same, which I think will tell you just how well practice has gone this week. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm going to head. I'm going to stay away from that one. Panthers Dolphins line is at 13 and a half over under 48 and a half. The Panthers are also One of the worst teams against the spread. They are 0-4-1 against the spread so far this season. This might be, if the Giants weren't the Giants, might be the worst football team in the NFL. And things are not going well in that front office. We've got Frank Wright coming out, talking about how the ownership is heavily in the decision-making process we know frank Wright definitely wanted cj stroud it's the worst kept secret in the nfl currently <laughs> um and how much more he wanted him than bryce young but that call came down from ownership very interesting given we are very short into this tenure i guess one what do you think of the game and two can that relationship survive because owners tend to have big egos and these guys yeah. made a lot of money elsewhere and they don't typically like to be called out in fr- in front of the public
1: yeah, first I no, I don't think this relationship's gonna go on. I think I think he'll finish the season, but probably gonna be a one and doneer. Um, as far as you know, this game, I don't know, man. The Dolphins, they like blowing teams out. They don't take, they don't really take their foot off the pedal much. Um, it's a huge spread, but I would still take them to cover here. Panthers are bad. I mean, them, the Giants, the Patriots, those are my three bottom teams in the NFL. They're, they are just bad, bad. Um, so I would go dolphins here. I just think the offense is just too much for Carolina to handle. handle. Um, yeah. That, that's what I would take. I would probably take the over as well because the dolphins are going to score 50 points. <laughs> Best offense so
0: far is when it comes to yardage at this point in the season, in NFL history. Yep. Um, and this is a spot where a Vic Vangio defense can absolutely eat because there is zero, I mean, zero, I would bet my life on it that they have the ability to be explosive through the air and push the ball down the field. Everything is short and intermediate. Um, I mean, that's what happens when your quarterback can't see all the over the offensive line, and your best wide receiver is arguably Adam Thielen, who can really only run a five-yard and out at this point, Um, which is hilarious. How do teams continue to get in this spot where they have a true number one guy They trade him, and then like a year or two later, they're like, "Oh wait, we need a number one guy." That happened in Tennessee with AJ Brown. We are seeing that happen with DJ Moore now in Panthers. It seemingly happened every. Happened in Green Bay last year. Yes. (laughs) Like, what are we? What is it with front offices and just being like, we have an established guy, let's get rid of him, and then freak out when we don't have a
1: number one wide receiver. (laughs) Teams just think you can draft a first round wide receiver and they automatically hit, and that's just not the case. It, they 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 hit about 50 50, probably even less than that. Yeah. It's just
0: it's incredible.
1: <laughs> it's tough. And I mean, don't even start with the Packers. I mean, they're of course not going to pick a wide
0: receiver in the first round. Heaven forbid. God. What a disaster the end of that game was. Okay. Um <laughs> moving on. Colts Jags. Line is sitting at four and a half over under 44 and a half. Jags come back from their London trip. No buy as of yet. Um, They get a big win against the Bills. They are going against a Colts team that it will be Gardner Minshew. Once again, no Anthony Richardson. Um, These are both teams that are weak through the air or through the secondary, obviously. You can beat both of these teams through the passing game. Gardner Minshew obviously presents a different challenge than Richardson would present. How do you make this game? Do the Jags continue to kind of, putting their foot to the metal and, and moving forward, getting wins, covering a
1: four spotters or is four just a little too much for a divisional game. I am a little nervous about the four. I I think the Jags do win this game that these are teams. They've already met this year. This is their second matchup already, which is pretty early for a second matchup. Yeah. Um, and uh, Minshew, he, he worries me. You can't take Minshew lightly. He can move the ball. He's efficient. He's, he's one of the better backups in the NFL. I would say Um. It, this is a tough one for me. I, you know, it was nice to see Trevor Lawrence finally like realize, you know, Hey, Calvin really pretty good. Um, so th- that was nice. He found him in London. He found him like seven or eight times. He at least had, I think he had about 12 targets. They need to keep that up because he's a freak. They, you know, they, they used ETN very well last game. I lean Jacksonville here, but this, this is a tough one for me. I, I could see, you know, Jacksonville only winning by three. I could even see a scenario where the Colts actually win. Um, but I do lean a little more Jacksonville. Um, I do like the over 44 and a half. I I think both these teams, they're going to, they're going to score some points. I agree. I haven't
0: done anything with this game yet, but the Colts coaching staff, by the way, has done a phenomenal job. In my opinion, yeah, a team that is, when you look at the cupboard is, is pretty bare has done a very good job week to week, getting these guys up for games, ready to play and, and throwing the best punch. Um yeah the Jacks start are starting to to get going they need to get going cuz their schedule is is not not the easiest of tasks but they get a big win against the Bills um last week i think yeah this is similar to the the Ravens game where Zay Flowers i think is is the bet i, I do kind of like a Calvin Ridley prop bet here um to have another big game because anytime you're are, like he you did in the first game Anytime you have a kind of a big time wide receiver that can kind of stretch the field a little bit, they're going to have a, a pretty successful time running against this Jags defense. Saints, Texans line is at one and a half. Saints are favorite over under 42 and a half. The Saints won three and one against the spread. Not very good, but they are bringing to town one of the toughest defense the Texans will have seen to date. This is a top four defense when it comes to net air yards per pass attempt allowed. Expected points contributed by past defense's top four, top five, and expected points contributed by rushing offense. A pretty buttoned-up defense. The Texans are sort of in a high spot right now. I think this is sort of the high point of the market. The public is starting to get a taste for the Texans and what C.J. Stroud has been able to, to manage to do down there, especially in the passing game. Do the St. Stephens give the Texans offense enough trouble to keep the texts or the saints in this game and and potentially squeak out the win Or or is this a spot where you might take an underdog
1: here? I think I would go with the underdog here. I, I think it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a a close battle. Um, I I lean the under just because of that, that that saints defense. I do think they're really good. And we've seen both these teams at times have had struggles and struggles with scoring. Um, The only thing I will say is I I think I've seen, we've seen even the saints, you know, they have the better record and everything. We have seen a couple stinker games from them, and the Texans have kind of competed in almost every game they've had with the exception of that Baltimore game week one. But that's week one, rookie quarterback, first game ever. Um, I, I lean Texans here. I, I like what I see out of Houston. I don't hate it. I mean, Domingo Ryan's is doing a fantastic
0: job. He was a guy that was in the coaching circles considered very highly. He's done a good job. CJ Stroud has been fantastic, um, especially when you think about how banged up that offensive line has been. You know, Outside of Tank Dell, you don't, and even him, it's early in his career. Who knows what that will look like? He doesn't have a true through number one wide receiver playing great. Tough spot last week against the Falcons, but yeah, I don't hate it here. There's a lot of inconsistencies offensively from the Saints. Derek Carr, you don't kind of know what you're going to get with his injury right now and, and what his performance level is going to look like. So yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. Seahawks Bengals line is at three over under is at 45. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been moved down to two and a half over under 44 and a half. We finally have a somewhat healthy Joe Burrow. I think if anything we took away from last week's game is that calf is feeling a lot better. He was more nimble in the pocket. Blitzes weren't getting to him as quickly as they were. So he he found a little bit more success. He was willing to run, push off. He's now no longer dead last in the NFL uh, with on-target percentage. That is a plus. So the offense is starting to get going. And also, when in doubt, just throw it to Chase. Every once yep. in a while, you need a game. The Bears did it this week. The Browns did it this week, where you just go, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to get our number one weapon involved as much as possible. We need to get right, and they do. But you get got a Seahawks team coming off a bye into cincinnati do the Bengals continue to build off their success and start to look like the team we are familiar with or is this a danger spot because the seahawks are coming off a buy have a pretty solid defense and pete carroll is always a wild card his teams are always ready for a fight and ready to go
1: they are this is this is one of the tougher games for me i think on the entire board because you know i want to think yeah the Bengals are probably going to win this game but I kind of forget Seattle has looked really good this season so far. I like that offense they're They're humming. And I mean, from, from everywhere on the offense, I mean, Kenneth Walker's a monster. Um, so I don't know. I, I actually kind of lean Seattle going in there and pulling off an upset and winning on the money line, honestly. Um, but at the same time, it, it's hard to say once, when, when you see that Bengals offense humming like they were last week, you're just like, damn, I don't know who could beat this team, Um, but I I am leaning Seattle. Their defense has played better this season than I have expected. Um, So I would, I would go Seahawks here, but I, I, this, this, like I said, I think this is the toughest game for me on this entire board. I a hundred percent agree with that. This
0: one, I don't have a great feel for right now because I'm still optimistic, cautiously optimistic with this Bengals offense. Um, I need to see it a second week in a row to see, all right, we still have a healthy Joe Burrow. The calf is good. You know, Zach Taylor isn't going to lay an absolute egg here um, after, after a good game. Um, and you got a, a Seahawks team that has coming off the buy has actually ex- had extra week to prepare for this defense. That certainly has its flaws and been a little bit down compared to where I thought they were going to be. So this is a wait and see spot. I, I think this is a great measuring stick for both of these teams and, and our ability to bet them further down the line. Cats Raiders line is at two and a half over under 41 and a half. What a stinker of a game. This is absolutely awful, but this is the master and the apprentice type of deal here. Mm -hmm. And while the Patriots have looked like one of the worst football teams in the league, this is a spot where you have Josh McDaniels who. His brain power is quite low uh, based off the last two weeks decision. I don't know exactly what the mindset is there kicking what like a 52-yard field goal to still only be a one-score game. Um you're up 4. It's what fourth and one and you kick a 52-yarder. At that point a punt was honestly probably a better option. Probably. Um it, I mean regardless just, you have to score a touchdown. Yeah, regardless you have to score a touchdown and if you miss that kick They've got great field position. Like, I, I and it's just back-to-back weeks of just baffling play calling. So you've got a guy in Bill Belichick that knows you in and out. And sure, you could make the argument that McDaniels knows the Bill Belichick defense inside of out, but I'm not trusting McDaniels' brain power there. The real question is, is does, I think the Patriots have the dudes at this point to
1: pose a threat as an underdog here? Because coaching ads you give to New England. Yeah. Just yes, 100%. Players you give the coaching edge to new England. I mean, I know it's been a long time, but bill kind of knows Jimmy. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, I give the coaching edge, but when it comes down to the player edge, <laughs> Oh, I, I I don't think this Raiders team is that good, but they do have stars throughout their team on both sides of the ball. Um, so just what we've seen from new England recently, like I said earlier, they're in my bottom three teams this year so far. I mean, they look like shit. So I will go with the Raiders. I probably won't bet it, but I will go with the Raiders. This is just such an awful game. I would have really no interest in placing any sort of wager in this game, but I, you know, I give the coaching edge, but comes down to the players. A lot of times I'm going with the Raiders. I did at two and a half. This is a different evaluation for me. I
0: did place a half a unit bet on the Patriots at three earlier in the week. Full disclosure here, folks, Um, because at three, I liked it a little bit better. That field goal, I feel confident I'll either get a push or a win. One of the two. I don't I don't foresee this game being, you know, one side blowing out the other. No. It's going to be a very in the mud type of game. Yeah. What do you make of the Bill Belichick situation? Because. He's a legendary coach, but things yeah. are turning sour. Like how long can that relationship go at this rate? And I don't know if he's going to be willing to give away power, but it's like as a GM coach, you're failing right now. And yeah. I can't imagine Kraft's going to put up with it much
1: longer. I can't either. And you hate to see this type of thing. It kind of reminds me, this is a slightly smaller scale. Cause I mean, Bill is like on top at the top of coaching in all of sports, but it almost reminds me of like Jim Beheim getting, phased out of Syracuse basketball and it was kind of like sad to see this is almost kind of sad to see I hope they could kind of meet up and Bill and like they can you know you know really he's kind of getting fired but really he's retiring I, that's what I hope ends up happening here I don't think it's going to happen because I think Bill's way too stubborn to do something like that yep. Um. so unfortunately I, I think he's going to be getting let go at the end of potentially be getting let go at the end of the season which will just be I mean I'm not a big Patriots guy. I mean, they annoy me winning all the time, but you got to respect, you know, what they've done and just the legend that he is. I unfortunately do think he'll probably be getting fired.
0: Here's the problem for Bill Belichick in this Patriots. He is a phenomenal evaluator, of defensive talent. That is without question. We see it in the secondary talent that they bring in all the time. Linebacker, like they can reload and replace all the time there. His problem is the offensive side of the ball. And he's for years brought in these guys that, Tom Brady has covered for he has masked that. Like Chris Hogan doesn't work as a former lacrosse player in the NFL without Tom Brady. Like, no outside way. of like Gronk, like and guys like Julian Edelman worked their asses off, but Tom Brady was a huge reason for a lot of these dudes' success. Um, and so like I, Even that story about him thinking about trading Gronk towards the end there to the Lions and how Gronk had to veto that. And then they won a Super Bowl with him that year. But like the decision-making from a a player evaluation on the offensive side of the ball has always not been that great. It's just you've had the greatest quarterback of all time covering up a lot of those issues. And so you could get away with some of these guys um, that were average, that were propped up. You can't do that anymore. So it's a bit of a problem, to say the least.
1: Yeah, it is. (laughs)
0: All right. Little Lions Bucks line is at three over under 42 and a half. And I've got to say, I think we're on very similar pages. Lions are the second best team in the NFC. I think at this point, they are, that is a damn good football team heading into Tampa. I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too excited
1: to play them to say the least. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be. I'm a little surprised by the spread and everything. Yeah. In my opinion, they're the second best team in the NFC East. The Eagles have the ability to be the second best team, but they haven't really put together a complete game yet this season, even though they haven't lost a game. Um, But yeah, I love the Lions here. Um, I'm just a little bit surprised by the spread. And I mean, I think you kind of understand this is probably my most confident game of of the week. Um, I feel really good about the Lions here. Just both sides of the ball. Offensive line is nasty. Their defensive line is nasty. They're getting some health back. Jameer Gibbs is coming back. They don't like using Jameer Gibbs, but when David Montgomery is just dominating, I guess that, that's fine. Whatever. Um, I would still use Jameer Gibbs, but whatever.
0: <laughs> Talk about what an insane just draft night that is. You get Gibbs instead of taking Jalen Carter and keeping Swift. Now the Eagles have Swift and Jalen Carter. <laughs>
1: yeah. That is interesting. You're not um, even
0: using the guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not using him. They took him as a first round running back, and people are like, "Well, running backs, uh, they they go down early and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, but you picked him in the first round. Like, what are you what are you talking about?" Uh, but yeah, in terms of this game, though, I really like the Lions here. Um, the Bucks have been surprising so far this year, but out of doubt, um, I, I still don't think you know they're really. I think they're 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 okay. They might be pretty good. Um if I were you, I'd still want to lose games. Um yeah. <laughs> but they're not. Um, uh, but I don't think you have to worry about it here. I'll take the lines and this is one that I would probably lock in like now because I, I I could see that spread going to three and a half, maybe four. So I would lock that in while you can. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting matchup. The only thing that even gives, if you're looking to back the Bucks, which I have not made a play yet, the only thing that gives you even the slightest, I think, maybe confidence, in my opinion, is that they are coming off a buy. So... You know, the defense gets time to get a little bit healthier. You know, Dean's back in our secondary. That's going to help. We're going to need him because what Ben Johnson has cooked up for the Detroit Lions offense has been nothing but incredible. And I think there are teams like the Chargers and Cowboys, which we'll talk about later, that could be calling for his services as a head coach here in the future because Jared Goff is lighting the world on fire behind this Lions offense. Right now, the Lions offense, fourth in net air yards. Seventh in expected points contributed from the past, Eighth in expected points contributed by all offense. Seventh in yards per offensive play. Goff is third when throwing with play action. Sixth on target percentage. Fourth in completed air yards per pass attempt. And the Lions are number one in drop rate, and they're still doing all that. It is incredible. Um, what Ben Johnson has done. He's identified that Jared Goff, like every quarterback, plays better with play action, but he is mixing it in at a heavy, nice rate. He's making it simple. The thing that I think Bulls will probably roll out is a too high shell look, which we do love to run in Tampa right now. That could cause some issues for the Lions if they can't control the Lions scrimmage, um, running the ball here because the Bucks defense, while Devin White is certainly over aggressive is not the most overly aggressive defense as far as getting out of position. They don't bite as hard on these play actions as other defenses do because their roles and responsibilities are to protect against the deep ball because Bowl hates nothing more than getting beat with explosives. He'd rather die by a thousand paper cuts <laughs> than get beat over the top. So that's at least somewhat helpful. Dave Canales. I, here's my real problem right now with this offense. Baker is saving us. But when Todd Bowles, Todd bowls is like we are running the ball too much houston we have a problem all right i don't know what we're doing we are one of the worst rushing offenses in the league um we run heavy early downs and we are 28th in epa success rate on early down runs Baker is fourth in EPA on uh success rate and late downs. He is the only reason we are surviving right now, which is kind of crazy in this year, 2023. I am saying that Baker is the reason that a football team is surviving and playing somewhat decent. Um, the bucks are ninth in net air yards per pass attempt. Baker is at the sixth highest rate of play action, which that is credit at least to, at least with all these high run rates, Dave is using it to, to, get some bites from the defense um, which is good but it is if they don't adjust this offensive scheme if if we are still determined to run our heads into a brick wall and just run the ball on first down for virtually zero yards the Lions are going to win this football game but out of the buy if things have changed a little bit Dave is a first-time play caller maybe things adjust a little bit this is a bigger ball game but for this reason I have not bet this game because I have no idea what team is coming out of the buy. Um, but if you do want to bet the bucks, maybe that gives you a little confidence. I don't know. The lines are damn good.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're damn good. And I mean, you mentioned Ben Johnson for a couple teams. I am also campaigning him to come to my team. We can kick Eric B right to the curb for Ben Johnson. I don't care.
0: Ben Johnson is phenomenal. The lions paid him more money this year to stay. The only reason he stayed is well, two reasons he got more money and he, Acknowledged that the Lions were building something that this year could be a big year for them and he wanted to be a part of that. Smart dude realizing that's only gonna make him worth more when he gets a head coaching job as opposed to last year because he had some offers. When you look at the landscape of the NFC, they're in a prime position to, to make a real run at this thing. Yep. It's, and oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying.
1: say, and by the way, a couple weeks ago, maybe it wasn't this past week, it might have been two weeks ago. Fucking Lewis Riddick is on Twitter, just like just tooting his own horn about how he was like, oh, talking about how good the Lions were going to be this year. And I'm just like, everyone thought the Lions were good. They had the opening night game. Like, this isn't a unique take. Like, what are you talking about? Oh. Just Some of these NFL guys just pissed me off. Oh, my God. They're late to the party. Beginning of last year, we called
0: out, um, like, if you go rewind the tapes on the preseason breakdown, we both identified Ben Johnson as a rising star in this league. So, like, yep. Lewis Riddick can kick kick dirt um the other problem with our our run rate that makes me nervous for backing the bucks here is because we're so poor on early downs that sets up long first downs which baker then has to take a little bit more time in the pocket and i don't know there's a man named aiden hutchinson who's pretty damn good on the side of the lions who is going to get after our asses on that defensive line so it it all makes me a little nervous here but I, i think there's some optimism if philosophies change offensively out of this bye. if not I think we're going to probably see a repeat of what happened when we played the Eagles. Um, I think that's pretty much what exactly is going to happen if we don't change our philosophy out of the bye. All right, Cardinals Rams, lines at seven, over under 48 and a half. Rams have maybe been the biggest surprise this season for me. I did not think old man McGee and Sam or Sam Bradford, that would be really old. (laughs) Matthew Stafford was going to be able to really put on the offensive showing he has. But this is to the point when you pair a good quarterback with a really good offensive mind things start to happen. And even though Matthew Stafford is held together by duct tape and bubble gum at this point, this offense is still rolling. The Eagles have taken some losses here at some point. You've got to imagine that will start to weigh on them. It is a seven point spread. How are we feeling about
1: that? Yeah. I mean, the Rams have definitely been a surprise. Stafford's playing awesome. He got Cooper cup back last week. He, Cooper cup. I mean, got involved right at the start of the game. I mean, they've, they got on the ball, you know, a lot. Um, I like this team. They're, they're fun to watch when they're really clicking. I mean, just their three wide receivers are all good. Um, just kind of surprising that, you know, we've seen Puka and two, two great names. Um, <laughs> we've, we've seen them just like really come into their own. Um, I, I like the Rams here. I think the Cardinals, I mean, we've seen them be feisty. You've seen them fight, but you know, it's starting to really kind of show that they are not a very good football team. Um, I like the Rams. I also like the Rams, you know, any survivor plays, anyone's still alive. Cause I know a lot of us aren't, um, I like the Rams this week. If you don't want to blow like a really good team, like Buffalo or someone, I would, I'd go and take a hard look at LA. That is where I am at. I got
0: 16 people left in my survivor league. I've used the Pats. I've used the, I got to look it up. Um, Did you use the
1: commanders week one? Yeah, I use the commanders. Nice, you're you're, you're looking good,
0: dude. I'm I'm looking pretty right now. I did blow a, a big one. Who did I take? I can't remember. Who I took last week. I I blown like oh, I took the Chargers one week, which that team makes me sick to my stomach to take yeah. at this point. They are. I'm uneasy about them, to say the least. Um, but yeah, we're we're looking pretty. Only 16 people left. Nobody cares what I'm talking about right now, but we're <laughs> we're are looking somewhat uh pretty. Yeah, I've used the Chargers. Oh, I got the Giants too. I did get oh. the Giants on their one their lone win. I got the Giants, Detroit, Chargers, New England, Washington have been taken so far for me.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So the Rams, I was considering them are just blowing it on the chiefs this week, but I, I do think I, I lean a bit of Rams in my survivor pool. Um, Eagles jets line is at seven over under 41 and a half. The Eagles, this is a team we just sort of teased a little bit. They're good. No question about it, but they just don't seem to have it just yet. Um, This is going to be an interesting test for their offense because the one area the Eagles have really struggled is in red zones, and I do think they'll have some opportunities to move the ball and to get into the red zone. It's apparently what Kelsey, if those of you who saw him kind of getting a little feisty on the sidelines, it was apparently about their red zone play calling in an offense down there. And just some frustrations boiling over with the the inability to be successful and um, putting touchdowns on the board from the red zone. This is a Jets team coming off an, a nice little win against the Broncos because it's the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game. But let's be honest, they are still the Jets. But can the Jets make this a game at seven, uh, which is, is a decent
1: little point spread in the NFL? Yeah, I mean that's a healthy spread, no doubt about it. And this Jets team has shown the ability to at least be kind of you know they could fight their defense is good no I mean no matter what um it's a tough one for me the Eagles like we said they haven't really had a complete game yet you know AJ Brown got all pissy and now he's getting the ball a ton now Devonte Smith is no longer getting the ball um they got to figure that out I think Devonte Smith is a bit more of a better sport than AJ Brown I don't think he's not I don't think he's really going to throw a fit but he might um so yeah, that that's where I'm a little bit concerned. Um, the defense it's good, but they they just have moments where they, they don't look very good. It's, it's very strange. Um, I just, I don't look at this Eagles team quite as, you know, this immortal team that they were last year. Um, and like you said, seven's a big spread. I, I'd probably lean Eagles, but I don't know if I will be wagering on this game. It's a tough one. Um, And I'd probably lean towards the over, but that also is tough for me. So not providing much here, I apologize, but (laughs) i lean Eagles, but I don't feel good about it.
0: Sometimes the best bets are the ones you don't place. And I think this is one of those spots where you just look at it and you go, man, I don't know if I necessarily need action on this game because this is the exact point. The Eagles have shown some, some weakness in the secondary. They get great push from their defensive line, but it doesn't always connect. Jalen Carter's looking like a potential defense rookie of the year. Um, The offense has been a little bit hit or miss. And I think some of that you can chalk up to a first time play caller still trying to find his groove with the pieces that they have and and getting a a flow for it. So I I don't think there's any worry for the Eagles, but I, I do think at a seven spot with the Jets team that shows that when Zach Wilson doesn't play outside of his capacity, when he plays within the system. He can be efficient. He's not going to knock your socks off. He's not going to be the most elite quarterback in the world, even though when he played the Chiefs, he outperformed Patrick Mahomes for stretches of that game. But I think that shows when when he plays within the system and he doesn't get you know, crazy with it, they're a decent offense. The problem is guys like Jalen Carter are going to be on his ass all night, so that's probably going to speed up his process, and I'm just not willing to risk it on a, a Zach Wilson wager. I beg the NFL, beg, please, for the love of God, can we get some flex scheduling in at this point in the season? Giants, Bills, when virtually the entire Giants, which is the worst football team in the NFL right now, virtually their entire team is injured and may not play from an offensive standpoint, is not going to be able to go. Could we please, for the love of God, flex some games? This line is at 14 and a half. It's over under 44 and a half. I don't even know why the Giants get off the bus for this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is terrible. And even when the, even preseason or not even preseason back in April or March, whatever the hell they decided to make the schedule, I don't even know why they did this. Cause I don't care what the giants did last year. They sucked last year. They weren't good. I, 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 I don't care that they want to playoff game and everything. I really don't. I, they were not fun to watch. They weren't a good football team. It was, it was boring. So they, they, they think, you know, let's, let's put them up here against Buffalo. Like what are we doing? Um, See, yeah, I, I hate it. it Barkley is, it, is
0: for it, sure showing his value, though. I don't know if there's a player oh, yeah. whose absence is being more missed right now than Barkley because Brian <laughs> Dable's about to murder Daniel Jones.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he can't believe what he's doing. Um, Yeah, uh, Barkley, he's shown his value, but then again, it's also like, well, he's also injured. So it's like, mm, this, is this is <laughs> true. <also> <laughs> this what is also This is the are doing sword. I, I will say a lot of these running backs, they're not, they're not, you know, showing you know what they're like they're showing their worth but they're also not showing their worth because so many of them are injured Um it's, it's the a, other problem it is it's a definite problem so it's like both people are like hey look we were right both sides are now claiming they were right <laughs> <So> it's just <laughs> it's spider-man just pointing at each other yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a total nightmare um almost as much of a nightmare as this game's gonna be i, I mean 14 and a half is huge but the Giants like have games where they don't even score touchdowns. So,
0: is this is true. You get Tyrod Taylor, though, who is shown to be somewhat capable. I yeah. guess do you have any concern because this is the point that I, this is the larger point, maybe not for this game, but for the season as a whole, because we've talked about the window. Matt Milano goes down. That's an additional player for the Bills. He is arguably... No, he's not even arguably. He is their most important player on the defensive side of the ball. He is what makes that engine go. You're down in the secondary. Your defensive line is now banged up with guys like Rooster not maybe being able to go at 100%. You know, Tyrod maybe... Can put on some points there but i guess larger picture how panicked are you about this bills team because the injuries are starting to stack up and i at some point it becomes too big to 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 mount that comeback and and to to move it move it along this season
1: i guess i'm definitely worried about this bills team i'm it's strange because like coming into the season we're like god the afc is stacked but i'm kind of concerned about the afc all in general like even like kansas city i'm like this just doesn't look right. Uh, like something's not right here. So I'm kind of concerned about the entire conference. Um, I mean, <laughs> someone's got to come out. I still think the Bills are contenders in the AFC. But uh, I mean, in my opinion, like the top two, maybe three teams are out of the NFC. And then it's and then after that in the NFC, it's just like man, but <laughs> <It> <laughs> like, falls off a cliff. Really. Yeah, it, it falls <laughs> off. A, it totally falls off a cliff. But it's just <laughs> like it's, it, This is a bizarre season so far, for sure.
0: Oh, uh, this has been one of the most frustrating seasons I can remember from a gambling standpoint, from a viewing standpoint. I, yeah. I can't remember in the time we've been doing this now, what's like four or five years. I, I don't remember a time that's been more frustrating trying to handicap games because it feels like teams are just all over the place right now,
1: it's... all over the place. This past Sunday, at one o'clock games. I'm like, desperately like, can I find a good game? Is there a good game anywhere? <laughs> no, there's not. There's no good games. Great. It's tough. It is tough out here. Monday night should present some interesting
0: uh, viewership, I will say. Cowboys Chargers lines at two and a half over under 50 and a half. I think the winner should get to fire the opposing coach right at half uh, based on this game because the brain power is not too high here. I don't know what Mike McCarthy is doing, but Kyle Shanahan put that entire Cowboys coaching staff into a blender and turned it on high power. I mean, it just... Coming out of the half, you're down two scores. You can't stop a nosebleed on defense. You're in the green zone. It's third and four, and what do you do? You run it up the gut with Rico. Not even Tony Pollard with Rico. What are we doing? You imbecile. I mean, it is lazy offense. They run at the fifth highest rate in the NFL. Dak is currently 21st in play action usage. There is virtually no motion. The wide receiver routes are just unimaginative. Spacing is a disaster. This whole offense is a train wreck from start to go. And I think my evaluation, and you can correct me if you feel differently on this, I think at this point, if there is a coaching edge, you go with the team that has the coaching edge for the Cowboys. If there isn't some big player opposition, like player edge here. But when they have a player talent edge, you can find some value with the Cowboys. Outside of that, it's an automatic fade, which then leads us into this game because the brain trust in the Chargers isn't all that much better
1: offensively. Yeah, you don't need to worry that you don't know what Mike McCarthy's doing because I don't think Mike McCarthy knows what he's doing. So <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, this team, yeah, they're just- That image of just
0: SpongeBob and the brain just lighting oh, yeah.
1: everything on fire going crazy. That that That's it right there. I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing. CeeDee Lamb has one game where he has more than four catches. That's an issue. Brandon Cooks is doing nothing. Um, the, the, and then Dak, dude, I saw a, a video of Dak scrambling his rookie year. And compared to how he looks running now, I mean, he is like half the speed. It's crazy. I'm like, wow, what? Like, what happened? Like, he can't move anymore. Yeah. I love to see it because I hate the Cowboys, but I'm just like, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on there. I but think got the, the most other- frustrating part is I bet the Cowboys last week, and for the last like two to three years,
0: all we have done is fade the Cowboys on this show. <laughs> and that's the week I picked to be like, yeah, no, let's go Cowboys plus four and a half. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was on last week. I think I might have
1: talked you out of that one.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, you've been like, Nate, what have you said the last like two years and a half? Don't bet on
1: Mike McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't like that play one bit. Um Just like, idiot but over it, here. it happens, but then you got the Chargers, you know, they're they're their own disaster in their own way. They're getting Austin Eckler back, who has been yeah. out since week one or week two, I guess. He played week one and dominated, of course. So that that'll be huge getting Eckler back. I like the chargers here. I mean, they're not going to have any sort of home field advantage. We know Dallas fans all live in LA. They live everywhere. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be a bunch of LA Dallas fans. Oh, they went never, never been to Dallas, but that's okay. They we went do. right to their closets and pulled out their Lakers jerseys after that. Yes, season. Right, <laughs> right to their closets, Lakers jerseys. They got excited for the upcoming Duke basketball season. Yeah. Um, so, but give me the chargers <laughs> here. I, I just think they're, you know, better quarterback, just, playing slightly better. I mean, they are coming off a bye, but they're getting, they're getting some more health. They're getting health back. They got rid of JC Jackson, which was just not working there. He was just like, I'm not playing football. So (laughs) that'll help. So give me chargers. I don't trust Dallas.
0: I don't trust him either. I have some concerns because Kellen or Kellen, (laughs) Kellen Moore um, was the OC in Dallas, but he's dealing with a much better offense here, much better quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I rock the chargers as well, uh, on this one. Um, all right. That is a clean slate of games. Any thoughts before we wrap this up? Any football
1: stuff? Any, what was that?
0: I said football stuff, non-football stuff. We're in the month of October, essentially the greatest sporting month in the world. You got baseball going football's in full swing. Every night is, is a show here.
1: Yep. The hockey's back. Everything's awesome. Um, that's a major, you know, games I'm feeling really good about. I mean, you're not going to like it, but I feel good about Detroit. Um, I don't hate it. I, I feel, I, I feel pretty good about the Chargers. I'm not, not great, but th- those are two, especially the Detroit, Detroit spread. I really feel very good about that one.
0: I like it. All right. Uh, we will tweet out some additional bets as always on our social at trophy kids pod on both Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Actually, you can find us hey, there. Hey, <laughs> we're branching out in the world and as always, peace.